0: From the PSIA AASI Satellite Studios in Hood River, Oregon. I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair Chris Rogers. Oh my gosh, it's been way too long, and we're going to have you back as a regular guest.
1: Yeah, it's awesome to be back. Thank you, George.
0: Uh, Really looking forward to chatting with you, and we're actually going to be releasing or starting a regular series with a number of team members and examiners from around the country. We're kind of looking at it as a a boots on the snow type series of of things that happen in everyday lessons that maybe you with a lot of experience can help us out with.
1: Sounds like fun.
0: And Chris, I thought you would be a great person to go over some of these topics with first.
1: (laughs) It's always awesome to chat with you, George, and look forward to, to diving into some of these topics.
0: What I'd like to start with today, Chris, is is class management, because that is so important. I don't care what age group you're working with. I don't care if it's a private, a semi-private, a short private, a day-long group lesson program. How you handle that class, no matter the size, is huge. Agreed. It makes a difference between
1: a great day on snow and and what can be a, a hard day to manage as an instructor.
0: And what do you see as some of the nuts and bolts of just successful class management?
1: So it comes down to a lot of the people skills stuff that we've been talking about in the, in the learning connection model and how you're able to create a connection with your guest um, and, and being able to recognize the unique traits and characteristics of each of your students. That's a big piece of class management is is how can you connect with each individual and build that that rapport with them? As as the group size gets bigger, that gets more and more difficult to manage all of those different uh, unique elements of every every person that's in your group. Uh, and then on the teaching side of things, we've got um, all of the the moving pieces of being on a ski resort with with people that you know whether they're beginners or intermediates that you've got moving them around the mountain. How are you going to optimize terrain for uh, maybe different abilities within your group. How are you going to achieve the different goals and motivations that those people all bring to your lesson? So, you start, at, you know, every person that you add to a group, you're exponentially increasing uh, the number of elements that you're juggling as the instructor.
0: And how do you see this changing among age groups? I mean, there are people out there who are phenomenal kids' instructors that I don't know how they manage a class of, you know, six year old first timers. Um, but it's it's almost like magic watching the way they can herd those kids around. Um, other people are really put off by teaching, uh, you know, adult lessons. And how do you see that difference? Is it really just good teaching or is there a different aspect to what we're doing out there?
1: I would argue that there is a definitely a skill to being able to connect with uh, with children, especially. And, and um, you know, it's something that that many of us that are teaching are always working towards and then you see the instructor that just is able to communicate with kids super effectively and, and i think you know for a lot of people the intimidation of going from an adult lesson to a, a kid's lesson um when you're when you're working with adults you can explain what you're thinking you can explain what you need them to do you can communicate and, and give a series of instructions and trust that that language uh that, that what you're communicating verbally. Is going to um, stick to some degree with the adult student. You can say, "Hey, we're going down towards uh, this chair. We're going to meet up in this area." You can rely a lot on verbal language, and with kids, it, there's so much more um, nuance to communicating at, at their level. To simplifying instructions, to to not you know to not overcomplicate or give too much information. Uh, and you watch a good kids instructor turn something as simple as, as putting their uh, their bib, the, the the ski school vest on that child. They turn that into putting their superhero cape on, and and they're able to talk to those those kids at their level. Um, and then you know I think a lot of successful kids instructors have mastered the art of group handling, where there's a there's a lot more sticking close together. There's a lot more um, you know short short segments where you're not going to lose a, a kid by getting too too far down the run ahead of them um and especially you know even uh, in, especially in ski lessons the if the caboose on your crane uh loses a ski and you're a couple hundred feet down the hill you're going to be hiking up to get them and there's just so, just so many elements that change and i think that's really intimidating for adult instructors as they look at at, at teaching kids lessons you've got to you've got to have that um, there, there is that little bit of a wow factor, that little bit of a of magic, as you said, that that makes a great kids instructor. And and you can, we can break it down and and give all of the tips and tricks on how to teach kids more effectively. But there's always going to be those instructors who just do it naturally. And I'm super envious of that. I, it's something I definitely have to to work at turning on when I'm when I'm teaching kids.
0: Yeah, that is not a gift that I was given. <laughs> And so we are, this is a a very general outlook of what we're going to be doing on this podcast series, but love what you're touching on here, Chris. And I don't want to get into major specifics, but, you know, how about those times when you're with a class and I don't think it happens to, to us very often, but every now and then, uh you just have that feeling that gosh i'm i'm losing this group what can i do to get them back
1: yeah that's a, that's an experience i think every instructor has had at some point or another um where you just you don't naturally connect with a certain guest or through the day maybe you've just um, had a couple of misses and and aren't just haven't nailed that lesson and, and i think You know, going back to the student profile and their goals and motivations, if you can um, try to try to start uh, in your mind, start the day back over again. And and what was it that was driving that student? Um, You know, the, the hallmark of the American teaching system is our guest centered teaching. And I think a lot of times when that disconnect happens between the guest and the instructor, it's because the instructor has lost sight of what that student's goal was or hasn't tied the relevancy of of what you're working on right now back to that student's original goal. Uh, In the Snowboard Technical Manual, we introduced a a concept called the SCARF model, which talks about uh, things that you can do that might create an approach or an avoid response from a student. And the SCARF, uh, each, each piece of that stands for one element. So status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness, Uh, Each of those are are lenses through which an instructor's actions could create uh, an approach or avoid response from a student. It's a a great model to look back at when you are, um, maybe feel like you're not quite hitting it out of the park with a guest is, um, you know, so things like recognizing their status. Are you talking down to them? Are you talking over their heads? Um, Have you recognized their status and and what they're trying to accomplish? Um, Certainty being... Giving them some idea of what's going on through the day, where you know, um, I, I find a, a lot of times whether it's leading clinics or teaching, giving some ideas of you know probably around ten thirty we're going to go in and take a warm up, uh, or you know around twelve thirty we're looking at, at lunch. Giving them some certainty about what's going on in the day that can create that avoid or approach response. If you if you leave things too uncertain, they might um, start to uh, feel that avoid response. Whereas if you give them enough elements of of knowing what they're going to do that can create that approach response. Um, Autonomy, you can give your students too much autonomy or too little autonomy. Either of those could create a a void response and and the right amount of autonomy is going to depend on the student. And and that's where you're trying to find that sweet spot for creating the approach response from them. It's giving them the right amount of autonomy and what you're working on. Um, Relatedness ties back to what I was saying earlier about Um, are you relating what you were working on right now back to their goals and, and motivations? And, you know, if you're, if their, if their goal is to learn a 360 and you're off working on some carbs, because you know that, um, that better edge awareness is going to help them in the takeoff of their jump and going to lead to a more successful 360, but you haven't communicated to them how that connects back to that. Um, that could create that avoid response, man, why are we out here doing this? I wanted to work in the park on my 360s you've got to create that connection for them. Uh, and then fairness, uh, looking at, at, especially in group dynamics, are you being fair with how you're paying attention to everyone in the group? Are you, um, you know, the one kid that came out in all brand new gear and you know, you might get a better tip from their parents. Are you, giving them more t- of your time and maybe the rest of the group is feeling that and might be starting to uh, to pull back from you a little bit. So that that's one model that, that we use a lot in the, on the snowboard side of things. and I think provides a lot of, of good ways to course correct or to evaluate your own uh, teaching st- with, with a group.
0: Well, Chris, as you and I start up last call again, I believe we've got our next six podcasts laid out as we go into more detail on the scarf model.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a great way to dive in. Yeah,
0: I really like what you just went through, because I think all too often it's so easy for us to think, gosh, why isn't this person, you know, getting what I'm saying? Whereas we can look inwards and say, what what do I need to do different to get this message across to this person? Yeah. So again, as we're wrapping up here, class management, again, different ages, you know, we really want to, and now I'm thinking of group lessons specifically, but we want to really give everyone a great experience. And say you've just got that one kid or that one person who's really requiring so much more attention. How can we really even that out? Because that person Needs the extra help, but how do we not lose the rest of the group in a situation like that? Yeah, this is a this is a scenario we deal with
1: a lot on the snowboard side in the in the beginner lessons because um, you know with the side slip and, and and floating leaf toe side heel side side slips that first learning to balance on an edge um, that's one of the trickiest parts. It's it's the thing that deters the most new snowboarders and and it's the, the most exhausting and energy intensive thing that, that we have to teach right off the beginning is how to balance on one edge. And most instructors will use some form of handholding or assistance, uh, hands-on assistance to, to help them find that first balance. And, and inevitably in a group lesson, you've got four or your six kids that uh, pick it up fairly quickly and one or two that might need additional time hands-on. And so you're, you're, you're looking at like, how can you continue to give those other two, additional help that they need without detracting from the experience for the from the four, because uh you know if you're not being careful with your time you then end up spending all of your time working with those two kids hands-on and the other four kids who are maybe ready for the next thing um are are maybe start to feel like they're not getting what what they need out of the lesson and so um you know, one of the things I love working with, with Terrain and, and finding places where you can uh, create some autonomy and get those four that are doing well, maybe give them some additional challenges, uh, looking at lateral learning opportunities. So uh, maybe taking that same skill and applying it in a new way. So they're they're getting to continue exploring that skill that you're working on and maybe have some additional autonomy, a little bit more run. Um, you know, you might have them go ahead and do a lap and meet me back up top so that you can buy yourself that time uh, to go hands-on with that student that maybe still needs that time. Um, th- th- there's other scenarios. You know, one of the things that, that I definitely look at is 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 whether it's emotional or uh, a physical need where a student really needs that more hands-on time. That's one of the places where, where I have a conversation with a student or with a student's parents, depending on the age of the student, about private lessons. And maybe this is a scenario where, you know, it really seems like you need a lot of attention from the instructor and and i can't always provide that in a group lesson you know that might be an opportunity to to look at moving them towards a a private lesson scenario
0: thank you so much chris anything you'd like to add in conclusion as we wrap this up
1: no just stoked to be diving in on this you know i think these are these are topics that are super important and affect us all on a day-to-day basis as we're out teaching and you know some days you're out with one student on a private lesson and and it's a, a cakewalk and other days you're out with with eight to 10 kids or adults in a group lesson. And you have to like pull out that toolbox of like, okay, what, what do I do as an instructor to manage all of these differing needs and abilities and goals and desires. And that's the hallmark of a great instructor is that ability to flex and uh, and adjust to multiple people's needs and, and, uh, and goals and, and these topics. I mean, this is just going to help everyone, uh, Keep some of those ideas on the the tip of their tongue and and ready to
0: dig in. Team member Chris Rogers, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. I know you're in the middle of a trip, and I'm glad you held service. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat.
1: Always a pleasure, George. We'll talk to you next time.
0: From the PSIA ASI Satellite Studios in Hood River, Oregon, I'm
1: George Thomas.